If you would go in the scriptures to Luke, the 18th chapter, Luke 18, 1, it said, Jesus spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. It goes on to describe the parable that Jesus spoke to them and, and a number of things after that that are in line with this. But he said the reason he was telling them those things was so that we would what? Always pray and not faint. Listen to another translation. The, uh, the Amplified says that Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward. <laughs> not to faint, lose heart, and give up. Being unbelieving and lazy spiritually is the coward's way. It actually takes courage to be a believer. I didn't say a religious person. I said a believer. Somebody that's really born again. Somebody that's really following the Lord. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength. Because you're actually swimming upstream. <laughs> against this ungodly world. And against religion. You know. One of the greatest enemies to Christianity is religion. And so uh, Jesus said, you've made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. But here he said, always pray. Said out loud, always pray. Always and don't turn coward. <laughs> don't, or as John Wayne might say, don't turn yeller. <laughs> right? <laughs> And basically, he said, the Amplified goes on to say, don't faint, don't give up. Why do people quit praying? They gave up because they came to the conclusion it wasn't doing them any good. Didn't matter. And um, one of the things that we saw last time we talked about this is that just praying doesn't mean you're accomplishing anything. You must pray correctly. And you must pray about the right things. You can pray wrong. And you can pray your prayers and mine could be wasted motion. We're going to see that again in a moment. So just because you prayed something and it didn't happen. Does not mean prayer doesn't work. Nor does it mean the Lord lets you down. Or didn't care. Remember we were singing earlier? He's good. No matter what. You feel what it looks like. He's still good. And if it looks like he's not. There's nothing wrong with him. There's something wrong with the way you're looking. Men are always to pray. And not faint. Not quit. Not give up. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Don't turn there. Let me just read a couple of these to you. It says pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. James, as we studied last time, it says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The Amplified says it like this, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer 
of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Right prayer is amazing. Now you don't give the glory to the prayer, but to the one who answered the prayer. And if you prayed, that's great. You're to be commended. But when the thing happens, don't say, man, we prayed hard. Man, this, man, that. Well, you didn't answer the prayer. Give the glory to the one who answered the prayer. Right? Not to the prayer, not to the prayer, but to the one who answered the prayer. That's where the glory and the credit belongs. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew Well, I tell you what, do it like this. Go to Luke 11, and then we'll turn right to Matthew 6, because these are two accounts of the same thing. I want to read something in Luke, then we'll go straight to uh, Matthew. You know, I'm still moving too quick. All right, put the brakes on that. (laughs) Go to Romans 8. Romans 8. How many know prayer is a big subject? Romans 8, 26. Let's look at this in preface for Luke and Matthew. In Romans 8, 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Now, a lot of times when people see the word infirmities in the King James, they think sickness. But it doesn't literally mean sickness. It means weakness. Now, the weakness could be the result of a sickness, but it could be the result of something else. In this case, he goes on in just a moment to tell you what that weakness is. The weakness here is not sickness. The weakness is ignorance. He said the Spirit helps our weaknesses, for we what? No, not. This is the specific weakness he's referring to, and it is a big weakness, Not knowing what we should pray for as we ought. Didn't say you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what to pray for as you ought to know. We know in part. And uh, the scripture also said in Corinthians, if any man think that he knows anything, he doesn't know anything yet as he ought to know it. We know very little compared to what there is to know, and certainly compared to what God knows. And so um, always be willing to acknowledge that, you know, instead of being so adamant. People are so quick to say that God let them down or to say that, you know, God wasn't there for them. Could it be there's just a lot of stuff you don't know? And when you find it out, you'll go, oh, (laughs) oh, no wonder. Okay, and you'll find out he was faithful. He didn't let you down. There's just a lot of stuff we don't know. And one of the things we don't know, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit helps us. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. He helps us in this area of not knowing what to pray for like we ought to know. There's some things we don't know that we ought to know. That's, that's a little weak. Anybody drive a car? A lot of you, that's how you got here. How many know there's some things you ought to know before you drive a car? Yes. 
Exactly. Right? Yeah. You ought to know that you got to have gas in the car. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You ought to know what the brake pedal's for. <laughs> and if you just go, you know, jamming on and you don't, you wonder what that pedal's for. Boom. <laughs> and you say, well, I didn't know what it was for. Yeah, but you ought to know. Right? You should know before you get in there and turn the key. There's some things you ought to know. Well, there's some things we ought to know about prayer. But it's amazing how people have been saved two days and think they're an expert on prayer. <laughs> you get somebody that's been saved for two weeks, and if you suggest, you know, no, you, you're not praying right about that. Oh, you tell me I'm not praying right. Just between me and the Lord. Well, wrong is wrong. Do you want to get some answers or not? Yes. Well, then you need to find out what that pedal's for. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? Yes. <laughs> and, and it's possible to have been a church-going Christian for 50 years yes. and not know how to pray. Yes. It's possible. And one of the signs that you don't know how to pray is that prayer after prayer doesn't get answered. Should be a clue. Right? Yes. We should say, hey. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> right? Last 12 prayers. No answer. <laughs> well, see, you've got a choice. You can be a dummy and blame God and believe the devil's lies. Well, God don't care. Is God even real? All this goofy stuff. Or you can have some understanding and go, Lord, Looks like there's some things I ought to know that I don't know. <laughs> How many would like to find out the things you ought to know about what to pray for? Sit out loud right now. This would be a good prayer. We know it's in line with the Word. We know it's His will. Sit out loud. Father God, Father God I want to know. I'm asking you. Teach me. Show me what I ought to know about what to pray for, about how to pray. I acknowledge there is so much I don't know, but I want to know. And I'm asking for knowledge, for understanding, for wisdom concerning prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You believe you heard that? You believe he grants that request? Yes, he does. Well, then get ready. You'll learn some more tonight. Well, you know, maybe laying on your bed, something will come to you. Getting up in the morning, getting ready to go, something will come to you. As the days go forward, you will learn things, and I will learn things we ought to have known and ought to know. And there will be a whole lot of, oh, oh, no wonder. And then you'll get excited because now your prayer is going to get answered. It can be a good thing finding out where you were wrong because you can make an adjustment and get it right. Well, not knowing what to pray for as we ought, let's go back now to Luke, the 11th chapter, because Jesus himself, the head of the church, gave us specifics about what to pray for. In Luke 11... In verse 1, Luke 11, 1, it said, It came to pass that as Jesus was doing what? He was praying. Now, our first lesson along this line, 
we saw Jesus prayed. And he prayed a lot. Sometimes pray all night long. And we concluded, if Jesus needs to pray, (laughs) we need to pray. If Jesus prayed a lot, we should pray a lot. The servant's not above his master, right? If Jesus needed to pray, we need to pray. And um, I know it sounds kind of humorous, but you do know most church-going people don't pray much. Very, very little. And it's, that also answers some questions. But we can't be responsible for everybody else, but you can for yourself. Did Jesus pray? Yes. Should you pray? Yes. Jesus pray a lot. Yes. Should you pray a lot? Yes. Selah. As it, it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, so they didn't interrupt him and bother him, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They requested of him. Now, you see, they esteemed prayer. They saw Jesus praying. They're with him on a daily basis. They'd seen when he would stop and go aside and pray. And they knew not to bother him. And they'd see him sometimes when he'd go out all night long and they knew he wasn't there at the house or wherever they were sleeping. And he comes back in the morning and he's been gone all night and they know what he's been doing. And they esteem, and then they saw the results. They saw when he went and preached to the masses. They saw the miracles. They, saw, they heard the amazing messages. And, and, and he said, I, I only say what I hear the Father say I, and I do what I see the Father do. When did he hear these things? When did he see these things? No doubt much of it in these times of fellowship and communion with the Father. Not a dead, religious, ritualistic, repetitious praying, but a communion, a living communion with the Heavenly Father, speaking to Him and Him hearing and responding. Listening to him, I'm not talking about trying to hear an audible voice, but learning how to hear on the inside, as every Christian, every believer can do, if we will. So they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And verse 2, he taught them and us some things about prayer and about what to pray for. Should we treat this as important? You know, it's just widely known as the Lord's Prayer. But uh, actually, it's not just a prayer he prayed. It's him teaching us how to pray. He said, when you pray, so that means you pray. (laughs) Notice Jesus didn't say, if you pray. What did he say? When you pray. When you pray. Say this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as for we also forgive everyone that's indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now you notice this is a little bit different from Matthew's account. Let's go to Matthew 6 right now. But one thing you've got to watch about this is if you have heard this, 
religiously repeated many times, then you don't even hear it anymore. If you just pray it by rote, by rote, and your mind's even somewhere else, that's not what Jesus intended. In fact, you'll see this in Matthew. In Matthew 6, verse 5, Jesus said, when, there it is again, when you pray, tell your neighbor, help him out, say, when you pray, when you pray, pray. what's that mean? That means you're going to pray, right? You're going to pray. When you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are. Now, one of the biggest things about being effective in the things of God is that you cannot have any phoniness about you. Because you can't fool God. He sees through all facades and he sees right into your heart. The Bible says all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And you come across with some phony, some religious thing that's not real and genuine, he's not going to hear you. He's not going to hear us. Talk like you talk. (laughs) He already knows how you talk. He hears you the rest of the time when you're not in church. And, And be real. Be genuine. As honest and as sincere as you know how to be. And he'll hear that. Doesn't mean he can answer it (laughs) just because you're sincere. You also have to pray in line with the word. You also have to pray in faith. But sincere's a good start. (laughs) He'll at least listen to you. (laughs) Don't be as the hypocrites They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. They only pray in public with an audience that they may be seen of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. Whatever they get out of people seeing and hearing them pray, that's all the results they're going to get from that kind of praying. He said they have what they're going to get. Verse 6, but you, when, when you pray. He keeps saying that. When you pray. He's expecting you're going to pray. When you pray, enter into your closet. So that means you need a house. And and you need, you don't need one of these little, little tiny little things that you can only reach in. You need a closet big enough to get in there. Come on, you don't want to argue with this. You want to go, yeah. Yeah, amen. Right? Wouldn't hurt to have a recliner in that closet, right? I mean, (laughs) in the closet. We're talking about a nice, big closet. Because you may spend some time in there. (laughs) Enter into your closet. And when you've shut the door so you can fit in there with room to move around, pray to your Father 
which is in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, shall reward you openly. So we don't pray for other people to see and hear us pray. Now that doesn't mean we're ashamed to pray in public, but we don't do anything for other people's benefit just to see us and hear us. And you do most of your praying in private. Verse 7, but when you pray, there it is again. Tell your neighbor, when, when, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think, and they're wrong, that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Vain repetitions. That's saying the same thing over and over and over again and calling it prayer. The the head of the church told us specifically, don't do that. Don't be repetitious and mindless and ritualistic about prayer. You got to watch about just going into this mode and even praying what we call the Lord's Prayer. They think they'll be heard for their much speaking, but it's their heart's not in it. They're not aware that they're talking to the Father. Verse 8. Be not therefore like to them. Should we take the Lord seriously on this? For your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. We need to be mindful that we're speaking to someone. A very, very great someone. And we're not informing him about the situation. Why do we pray? It's not to inform God. He already knows. And he's not slow. And so by the time you get the second word out of your mouth, you're not going to have to explain it to him for an hour for him to get it. He saw you coming. (laughs) Right? Before you ever open your mouth. We need to remind ourselves continually of who we're talking to. Who he is. What he is. And absolutely cut out this mindless parroting and vain repetition And even the whining and crying and begging and calling it prayer. We're going to see that more in just a moment. Remember what the scripture said, we needed help because we don't know what to pray for as well. Right? Did Jesus tell us some things what to pray for and how to pray? We should take it very seriously. Verse 9, after this manner, he told us how not to pray. Now he's telling us how to pray and for what to pray. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. So I'm going to segment this. We're going to talk about it a little bit. How do you start off? Our Father. Is he your Father? Hallelujah. Do you have a relationship with him? Our Father, which art in heaven. Now, this is King James language. You don't have to use King James language. You can say it like this. My Father, who is in heaven, 
hallowed. You could also say holy is your name. You should start off prayer acknowledging who you're talking to. And keep this in mind throughout your prayer. Now I know this may sound simple, but this is the cause of so much vain praying. We have a president, head of our country. Whether you like our president or not, you should respect the office. And uh, if you were allowed to come into the president's office to see the president, and there's the, the desk and the Oval Office and everything, should you just run in there and fall over the desk and go, oh, Mr. President, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President. Should you do that? No. Do people pray that way? Yes. Why? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh. And, and what he's saying is, what? <laughs> what? Is God intelligent? Yes. Is he aware? Yes. Is he smart? Yes. Oh, that don't cover it. No. Smart. No. Does he know the end from the beginning? Does yes. he know? Yes. Is, is the throne greater than any president or prime minister's office? has ever been. And except for Jesus, we wouldn't even have a right to come there. Do you know that? We wouldn't be fit to come there, wouldn't have a right to come there. But because of what Jesus has done for us, he has made us worthy to be able to come boldly to the throne of grace. Is it true or not? Yes, it is. Should we remind ourselves what we're doing by faith where we're going? In the spirit, we're not limited and confined to physical place. Look, hold your place here, and, and uh, they'll put it on the screen for us. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16 that I'm referring to. Hebrews 4, 16. What does it say? Let us what? Come groveling? Yeah, no, not, not proudly, but not ashamed either. Yeah, but I've messed up and I've done this and I've done. You're thinking too much about yourself. You need to have more faith in what Jesus has done for you. You either washed or you're not. You either forgiven or you're not. You either cleansed or you're not. You've either been made righteous and made holy or you're not. Nothing we've earned, nothing we deserved, but everything He gave. He just gave it to us. Hallelujah. And we are to accept what he gave us and to put on his righteousness and receive his holiness. And robed in that righteousness, we can walk right in. (laughs) We can walk right into the throne room. Why? Because he can walk right in. You couldn't walk right in, but he could walk right in. And now that he's given you his righteousness, you can walk right in too. Because it's his righteousness you're walking in with. Come on, can you see this or not? People talk about in prayer bombarding the gates of heaven. 
What you doing out there? <laughs> Did he say, let us go bombard the gates? No. Come boldly. Not, not haughtily, not proudly, but confidently. Confidently. Come confidently unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Every time we need something and then all the times we don't need something, we can come to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And no matter, no matter what situation it may be and you think, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but you know somebody who does. It's time to pray. When you pray. When you pray. Come on, help your neighbor again. Say, when you pray. When you pray. Now, let's go back to, to Matthew. Because we pray. He said, Matthew 6, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, it'd probably help you to change the King James English and not, not run it all together, especially if you've prayed this religiously and prayed it as a vain repetition, you've got to change up some things. Because the Lord warned us, do not do it like that. Don't be like that. Isn't it amazing that the very thing he said, don't do it, millions of people have done. Our Father, you need to be cognizant, you need to be aware of your relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that because of what Jesus has done, you have a right to approach him and talk to him. And him listen to you. It's great for other people to pray for you. But other people can't do all your praying. For you. And you need to know God will hear you. Just you. Not you and other people if y'all are praying. He will hear just you. Just you. Just you. My father who's in heaven. Holy is your name. If you don't come to him with reverence and respect and honor, you're already off to a bad start. Indication your prayer may not get answered. If you come in with no respect, don't know who he is, don't know who you are, say it out loud, my father, Who's in heaven. Holy. Is your name. Hallelujah. Can you see you're, you're coming in. Acknowledging. I'm not just in the president's office. <laughs> right. I am coming in. To where nobody. For thousands of years. Nobody could go. Only the high priest. On one occasion a year after special preparation, could come into the Holy of Holies. And only just for a little while to accomplish the mission. Now, you, <laughs> me, every believer, can come boldly before the throne of grace and remind ourselves who I'm talking to. Hallowed be thy name. What's the next part? Now, let, let's just stop. Why are we reading this? 
Because a big weakness of human beings, we don't know what to pray for like we ought. But the Lord told us some things to pray for. And we need to keep that in mind. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So much revelation here. The first thing we seek him about and pray about and ask about is not what we want. Not what we need. You don't lead with what you need. <laughs> Say it out loud. Don't lead, don't lead with what you need. We'll get to that later. <laughs> right? That shouldn't be priority. Because what you want is not more important than what he wants. And your plan's not better than his plan. And the main thing is not building your kingdom. But building his. Your kingdom come. Say it out loud. Your Your kingdom come. come. Your Your will will be done. done. You're acknowledging he is the almighty God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And by the mercy and goodness of the Lord Jesus, he's now your father. And you can come right, right into his presence. Talk to him. And if you, you know he cares about you and loves you, he's proven that without question. If you care about him and know anything about him, then you would know Jesus talked much about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And you would be interested in what the Father wants accomplished in the earth and in his overall plan. And if you know the truth, then your needs and your wants and your things really pale in comparison to this. Not that he doesn't care, but we need to have our priorities right. And getting our priorities right is key to our needs getting met, too. I mean, we, we don't need abundant provision to run from God <laughs> and do our own thing. And we don't need all of His healing just so we can sin without pain. <laughs> if we don't care anything about his kingdom, his plan, what he wants done in the earth, never think about it enough to even ask him or talk to him about it or try to find out about it. Why should he be so involved with us? Is he going to substitute our plan for his? And go, hey, in your case, just forget my plan. What do you want to do? He wouldn't be doing us any favors. Because his plan is the plan. It's the best. Said out loud, your kingdom come. Your will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Even though you, if you didn't pray this phrase every day, and you got to watch about praying it repetitiously, these tenets of prayer should be in you. Every time we come to him, we should acknowledge who he is and what he is. Every time we come to him to pray, we should acknowledge 
that his plan is the main thing we need to know. What he's doing in the earth is the main thing we should be interested in. And if we're smart, we'll realize that's also where our provision is and our healing is, right? And our happiness and our fulfillment is in finding and fulfilling his plan. Somebody say, his plan. His plan. plan. (laughs) Is this what you should pray for? This is what you should pray for, as you ought. Also, there's all kind of revelation that people have not accepted. God's will is obviously not being done in its entirety in the earth. Or he wouldn't tell us to pray that it would be. Which means everything that's happening down here, not everything that's happening, is the will of God. There are all kinds of things happening on this planet that are not the will of God. That don't please him. The kingdom of God is the king dumb. The king's Dumb is short for dominion. The king's dominion. The dominion is the realm of the king's rule. The kingdom of God is where God rules. So it says, well, he, he, he's ruling everywhere. No, he's not. No, he's not. On the earth... He's ruling where men receive him and yield to him. Much of the earth, the enemy is ruling. 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls the devil the God of this world. That's why the earth is filled with violence and evil. How much crime is in heaven? Help me out, help me out. Have you... Have you read the book of Revelation? Have you? What's the crime rate? On the streets of gold. Crime rate. Help me out. Help me out. Zero. Zero. How many people are being oppressed? How many people are being, you know, murdered, molested, robbed? How many? Come on, help me out. How many people are starving? Zero. Zero. How many protests? Marches, <laughs> walkouts, sit-ins, huh? gas bombs. How many? How many? How many? You know why? Because God is in control there. And what did he want us to pray? That the way he is in control there. He would be in control on the earth. And if he was already in control of everything down here, controlling it, we wouldn't need to pray that it would happen. Can you see this, saints? Now, I know this is simple, but millions of church going people don't believe what I just said. Oh, no, they're adamant that God is in control. Ultimately, he is going to be in control of everything. If you read, the kingdoms of this world are going to become his. And he is going to rule and reign over all. 
But right now, he allows men to choose. You can choose evil. You can choose wrong. You can choose rebellion. You can choose disobedience. And the result of men's wrong choice is the work of the enemy throughout the earth. And there's so much pain and cruelty down here. What did he tell us to pray? Say it out loud. Your kingdom come. How many are looking forward to the day when there no more curse? Revelation talks about no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more dying, no more crime and violence and cruelty. How many are looking forward to that? The Bible said that a child could uh, lay down at the, uh, the snake's den and that a lion would lie down with the lamb. Why? Because uh, the lion now is a vegetarian. I'm not making that up. Isaiah said he would eat straw like an ox. God did not create what people call nature where animals rip each other apart. He didn't create it that way. People call, well, that's nature, that's nature, that's how God made it. It is not. It is not. It's the result of sin and the curse on the earth. How many are looking forward to God's kingdom ruling over all and Him making earth just like heaven? Hallelujah! There's going to be new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse and no sin and no death and no violence. But even though we are not experiencing that yet, the fullness of it, God's scope of influence can increase in this earth right now. His kingdom includes you. Is he ruling over you? Are you, are you part of his domain and the, his dominion that he rules over? If you'll yield to him, if you'll acknowledge him, confess him as Lord of your life, receive him, give him the right to have dominion over your life, he'll do something with it. He'll change it. What should we pray for? Say it out loud. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth, in earth, as it is in heaven. Every day we want to see uh, God's dominion expand. In the earth. Is that right? Yes. Somebody got saved. What happened? The enemy lost one. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And the Lord gained his scope of influence enlarged. Is that right? Yes. And God's will is that the glory of the Lord cover the whole earth like the waters cover the sea. Say it again. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth, just like it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Now, we hadn't got to our needs yet, but that's a good thing. How many understand if all this came to pass, a lot of your needs would be irrelevant, is that right? I mean, as all this comes to pass, this is the big thing, this is the main thing. You know, you're paying your bill, it's not at the top of the list. I know it may seem like it to you, but part of you getting your bill paid 
It's Matthew, this is Matthew 6, just a few verses down, it's verse 33. What does it say? Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the what? The what? Which is why you were praying about it several verses ago. The Lord told you, pray like this now. Our Father, our amazing Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy. Your kingdom come. Everybody say, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Now, the kingdom has it already exists. We're in the kingdom, and the kingdom's in us. We've been born again. Everywhere he rules is his kingdom. There's obviously a lot of places on earth he's not ruling. People have not received him. They don't care about him. Don't even believe him. He exists. That's all going to change. This is just a temporary thing that's happening. Men have a, a time of choice. But if we do this, he said, all these things will be added to you. And the things he mentioned were clothing and food and housing and that kind of thing. So you don't lead with your needs. Come on, say it again. Don't lead with your needs. What do we lead with? Our great father, who he is, how amazing he is, right? Do you like it when people, the only time you hear from them is they want something from you? And they never say anything nice about you. They don't. It's not that they care so much about you. They just want something you can do for them. That doesn't bless you. So you should want to come to the Father just because you love Him. Just because you know He loves you. Everything He's done for you. Go back to our, our prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Next, verse 11. Here we go. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. Is it okay to ask for what you need? Yes. What you want? Yeah, it is. In fact, we're told to ask. Scripture said, uh, ask and you shall receive. James says you have not because you didn't ask. You need to ask. But now if you notice, Luke said it like this. We won't turn there, but it said, give us day by day. Don't get hung up on piling it up for tomorrow. In walking by sight, walking in the flesh, wants it all ahead of time. So I won't have to think about it for the rest of the year. But it doesn't require as much faith to do that. You don't need it till you need it. Now that's hard on your flesh. I know. <laughs> but God is pleased with faith. He's pleased with you believing that he will have it for you when you need it. That you can, well, I, I, can't, I can't rest if, if I don't know that the rest of the year is covered. Well, then you refuse to trust. You think it's a non-issue, it's just a peculiarity with my makeup. I, no, it's you refusing to trust. That's just the way I am. No, no. It's a bad choice. How the Father sees it is that you don't trust Him. You want yours up front. <laughs> I want mine up front. <laughs> Say it out loud. Give us what? This day. What? 
today, everything we need today, because you've never lived in any other time, but today. This is what I did yesterday. No, it was today then. <laughs> and you never live in tomorrow. When tomorrow gets here, what is it? The only time you've ever lived is this day, today. And you don't need anything yesterday. <laughs> and you don't need tomorrow because you ain't there yet. But God is the great I am. And he always is. Give us this day our daily bread. It's good, it's right to ask for what you need. Now you don't need to, notice this is not five paragraphs. <laughs> We're asking for more than enough money to to pay all these bills and take care of these things. We, we ask for it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. How long does that take? Remember, you don't throw yourself across the desk and go, Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. He knows exactly what your bills are before you ever started talking to him. Keep going. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, this is something you, we, we prayed and asked for what we need. But according to Mark 11, 24 and 5 and 6, he told you how to pray by faith, what things ever you pray and ask for, believe you receive them, you'll have them. The very next verse is, and when you stand praying, forgive. Why? Because unforgiveness will prevent your faith from working. Faith works by love. Unforgiveness is like throwing a rock in the cogs of the machinery. Unforgiveness. You nor I can afford. If we tolerate it. Remember the Bible said in First Peter. He talked about. Husbands and wives. Treating each other properly. He said that your prayers be not hindered. You remember that? So if husbands and wives don't treat each other right. That would include. Not forgiving each other. The scripture said your prayers will be hindered. Are these some things you need to know? Yes. So you say, well, I prayed and prayed and prayed. Yeah, but you're mean as a dog. <laughs> and that's insulting to the dog. Come on. <laughs> you're mean. And you hold grudges. That alone would be why prayers were not answered. Why things didn't work. Why would Jesus, is this just an indiscriminate plug? Oh, yeah, and by the way, forgive. You know, don't forget to forgive. No, this is integral to successful prayer. Forgiveness is not optional. If you want to have a successful prayer life, get prayers that are answered. If you want to uh, be successful in faith, you must forgive. Have to. Not optional. Sometimes people have said, well, I've tried, Brother Keith, but I just, you know, I, I tried to, but then I get to thinking about how that old heifer did me, and, and I just get so mad. And I, see, you think forgiveness is based on feelings, and it is not. You forgive by faith. And notice the language, debts and debtors. You forgive anybody that's done anything wrong against you like you would forgive a debt, like you would release a debt. If somebody owed you money, 
Could you release that debt? No matter how you felt, could you say, you know that $500 you owe me? Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to pay you. Listen, forget about it. You don't owe me that anymore. I'm releasing you from that obligation. Well, if day after tomorrow you got a bill that comes up and it's $500, and you think, man, I could have used that $500. Does that mean their debt is not forgiven? No matter how you feel, you did it. Come on, can you see this? And that's how you forgive people of whatever they said or did against you, or even if you just perceived, you thought they did. You, you forgive, like paperwork, you say, Father, I forgive them of whatever they did against me. In your mind, tear up the paper and say, they owe me nothing. They don't owe me an apology, an explanation, anything. I release them. Now, no matter if the enemy brings back and tries to rehearse what they did to you that night or the next day, you say, it doesn't matter. I have already, doesn't matter how I feel or what kind of memories I may have, I have forgiven them, I release them. Do you see that? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Injustice and sinning against is compared to debt. And you know, it's just being foolish to act like you never missed it. Holding something against somebody, acting like you never did anything like that. (laughs) If we forgive, he forgives. Keep going. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus, you know, was led into the temptation, led into the wilderness where he was tempted. God didn't tempt him. The devil tempted him. But he was led into that situation where he was tempted. And now Jesus is telling us, this is experience speaking, he said, go ahead and ask for this. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Away from temptation is a very big deal. Very big issue. The enemy's always trying to, you know, lure you down the wrong path. And you can say, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Is this a good thing to pray? This is what you should pray. This is how we ought to pray. Back it up. We didn't pray the other part. Back it up to verse 12. Let's pray it out loud to say, Father, Father forgive me forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors. I forgive. Come on now, some folks need to do this and everybody needs to do it, but there's some that have been holding out on this. Close your eyes, sit out loud, no matter what they did to me, I refuse to hold a grudge and not forgive. I can do it by faith. I release them From all obligation concerning that thing, they owe me nothing, no explanation, no apology, by choice, I forgive them, I release it, and I ask you, Father, to forgive them, and don't hold that sin against them, in Jesus' name I ask it.
Hallelujah. Praise God. This will remove any hindrances from your spirit and your confidence and your faith in these prayers that you pray. Hallelujah. And if you get into it with somebody tomorrow, you know what to do. Right? Don't hold it. Don't hold it. Verse 13. Say this out loud. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Now, uh, we have to follow his leadings. Right? When he checks us, don't do that. Don't get involved in that. Don't go in there. Don't participate with that. A check will come up. He's endeavoring to answer your prayer and deliver you from this. But you can override him. You can ignore him and just waltz right in. But we've asked him and you keep praying along this line as days go by. He will have more of a right and access to just, how many, if you're really about to mess up, would you like the Lord to almost just arrest you in your place and just, I mean, just move on you to such a degree that you go, whoa, 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 what's that, what's that? Hmm, I think I better turn around and go another way. He's leading us not into temptation, but helping us to get away from it to deliver us from evil. When you experience that kind of situation, don't play with it, don't toy with it, don't talk about it, get out of there. Get out of there. Remember what happened with Joseph? When Potiphar's wife was coming on so strong? What did he do? He ran out of his jacket. She was putting the moves on him, and the next thing you know, she's holding the empty jacket. Where did he go? And there's a trail of dust outside the front door. <laughs> How many know there comes a time where it ain't time to talk? It ain't time to talk. It ain't time to reason. It's time to motor. It's time, to, right? It's time to move. Get yourself out of there. Now. Now, especially if you've been delivered from alcoholism, you've been delivered from drugs. Come on, are y'all with me? You've been delivered from some kind of sin and perversion, and you find yourself around some of it or close to it, and some of those old feelings pulling on you. Come on, y'all listening? What do you do? Help me out. What do you do? Move. Do not. People say, well, this, and explain to me why you can't do it. No, I can't explain. I got, boom, you're gone. You're gone. Joseph ran out of his coat. Pray it again. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Now notice how this winds up. Notice the next thing. How does it wind up? For what? Right after we talked about him and his greatness, we prayed about the kingdom. And now, just a few verses later, what are we doing? We're talking about the kingdom. Why? Because that's what's important to God. You and I, our being born again is the advancing of the kingdom. We just saw the kingdom expanded to a remote island in the South Pacific. God's dominion has increased. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's his. He made it. But it's not his in the fact of men yielding to him. That's going to change. Oh, 
but does it please him? Do the angels rejoice? When somebody says, God, I want your dominion to come over me. I want to be included in the, the, your rule and your reign. I bow my knee. I, I, I submit myself to the Lordship of Jesus, the King's dominion, the reign of God increased, expanded. Is that the big thing? Is that the big thing we ought to be thinking about? Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up in the mundane things of life and get so caught up in soccer season. <laughs> right? Get so caught up in meeting our quotas for the month or, or whatever the case might be. And, and next month is something else to get caught up in. And next month is something else to get caught up in. And months turn into years, turn into decades. And you've lived a life like a non-believer who's not aware of the big things that are happening in the earth. What's big to God? Should we care what's big to God? Yes. We should care what's big to Him. What's big to Him? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's get some more heaven down here yeah. happening on the earth. Let's get some more God influence. Yeah. Man, this place needs some God influence. How many of this place needs some cleaning up, right? Let's get some more God in this dark place. And then he ends by saying, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Come on, stand up please and lift up your hands and say this out loud. Oh, thank you Lord for teaching us to pray. Thank you Lord for teaching us what to pray for. How to pray as we ought. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Back up to verse 9. Let's pray this prayer sincerely. Heartfelt. Said out loud, my Father, who is in heaven, hallowed, holy, be your name. Hallelujah. I reverence you. Said out loud, your kingdom come. Your will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We believe we receive it. We thank you for it. And forgive us our debts. Our sins. Our trespasses. Our mistakes. And we willingly forgive. Others. Of their sins. Their mistakes. Their trespasses. Against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from all evil for yours is the kingdom yours is all the power yours is the glory forever amen hallelujah This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website 
at morelife.org.